Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast uh, today. Well, this is Dan. Today we're uh, coming to you from the Fargo Hunting Club, starting up a new tradition here where we're uh, coming down to do some hunting and uh, some, some guys come down here. We thought we'd get out the podcast equipment and see if we couldn't uh, do a little talking tonight, have a little fun, see what happens when we do it down here at the cabin. Uh, we'd like to be a little mobile. We've been in the DTM Woodshop. We've been in uh, one of our buddies' uh, law firm's conference rooms. Uh, who knows where the next location will be so today we're just going to do a little start out talking a little bit uh share around here who's with us nick is with us drew shane and chase we're going to go around the room and talk a little bit about uh how we got to, you know found ourselves maybe with the hunting background or not how we landed here and just kind of freeform it from there and uh do a do a recording from the hunting camp so uh anybody nick you want to take off from there sure i'm nick and uh I'm super grateful to be here this weekend. I grew up in a very rural area where it was pretty popular to deer hunt and uh, do any kind of hunting. And uh, I, because I didn't fit in so much when I was growing up, I kind of rejected that a lot. I did go on a few hunts, um, but I just kind of ran from my upbringing because I thought my where I grew up was the problem and not me. Uh, it wasn't until sobriety that I started figuring out that it was me. I've fished my whole life, but I just kind of drifted away from doing any kind of hunting. But one of the joys of sobriety for me is that I got to really explore my own personality and figure out the things that actually make me happy, and it led me to get back into this. I, I really enjoy being out here with a group of men that I, I love. It's um, a little bit of an ego-shattering thing for me because I had to, when we first started dreaming this thing up, reach out to you guys and say, hey, I really want to do this, and I actually have a gun to do this, but I'm going to really need some guidance because I could sit here and pretend that I know how to do all this stuff, but I don't. And so it was a good thing for me to discover a new part of my personality and also to be vulnerable enough with uh, guys that I consider to be my best friends and say, hey, teach me something. Um, so a lot of fronts... It may sound weird to you listening that doing this hunting trip up here could be such a spiritual experience, but it really is for me. Uh, getting, you know, the nature part obviously is pretty spiritual, but the, the shattering of the ego for me is a big theme for me right now. So that's kind of how I found myself here this weekend, I guess. Cool. Thanks, Nick. Drew? Yep. Uh, this is Drew. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually Nick and I'm kind of have similar background stories with that um i too grew up in the rural part out towards taylorsville lake out on the outskirts of louisville um guns were always a, a major part of my family but um hunting really wasn't i had a dad that um went on business trips more than he was around so the and he really just wasn't into hunting and so i, I did pick up squirrel hunting uh, just because they were there were tons in in our woods but um, <clears throat> I did go on some hunting trips with my partner's dad. But at that point, you know, he, he had been hunting enough to where he just kind of went just to be in nature and just to kind of sit in nature along with the majority of the men that went. So I would see a deer here and there. But again, it was that ego thing to where what the hell am I going to do once I shoot this thing? And I really, honest to God, I, I really can admit today that I think the thing that prevented me from actually shooting a deer was to admit to those men, like, I don't know what the heck to do. 
once if I if I, don't I shoot know what to it. Do it once I catch it. Yeah, it's like all right. Well, I did this. Now what? <laughs> the dog's um, still so, on. What am I gonna do with that squirrel when I catch it? Yeah, and so it it, it really is uh, like Nick hit on. It's really freeing today to be able to be like, man, I just want to come out with the the men in my life that I care about and have a good time and and just be like, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, and that's okay. Uh, let's just have a good time, you know, and and, and I think that there is a big spiritual aspect to really anything that we do as a group together, you know, even when we go out to dinners or movies or whatever. So just looking forward to it. Awesome. Drew. Shane, you're up. Mm, Shane here. So, yeah, I'm grateful to be here tonight, too, with uh, some guys I love and uh, to be sober hunting for the first time in my life. Um I grew up hunting when I was a kid with my dad. I always wanted to go because I wanted to spend time with my dad, and we didn't spend a lot of time together. So that time in the woods was pretty cool. Um, I, I remember certain times, though, that I would uh, put the gun in my head on safe and pull the trigger to see if it would go off and uh, think that my dad or somebody might find me and like think it was an accident, even though it wouldn't have been an accident. But... While you were in the woods. While I was in the woods, yeah. Yeah, and I never even, I've never even said anything about that before or told anybody that. Um, but, yeah, I would squeeze the trigger as hard as I could on safe just to see if it would go off. Because um, I'm an alcoholic and addict, you know, and I had the isms early on in life. Um, but uh, now that I'm, I'm sober and doing this, um, and when I was, like, two months sober, I went hunting and I killed the biggest buck of my life and the biggest doe um, at the same time. And when I got down and went over to him, I prayed with him and cried. And um, from that point on, I didn't have the urge to kill anymore in sobriety. Um, I had kind of a spiritual experience with it, I guess. Um, I know that um, for a long time, killing something got me high like when I killed something I got a real big high off of that a, a, a adrenaline high um, but I would always be just so messed up when I did it too but the, the thing when I look back at it is is I never said I meditated or anything before in my life but now to come to think about it when I was in the woods was the only time that my mind stopped racing and the only thing I thought about was being in the woods being in the moment and hunting that was it and I think that's why I obsessed so much about hunting is because that's where I found my serenity and didn't even know what serenity was. Um, and it was always funny because sometimes I would I would almost pull the trigger on a deer and, and I wouldn't because that would ruin my serenity at that time. Because once that trigger was pulled, then I had to go to work. You know, I, I, I'd killed something. I had to take care of butcher it, you know, gut it and do all that stuff. And that that part of it I didn't want to do. I just wanted that experience of the meditation I was in, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm thankful to be here in a, a different mind frame and to be in the woods with some friends that feel the same way about it um, and doing the same things that I'm doing today and just trying to find more about ourselves. That's all I got. Thanks, Shane. Chase, you're up to bat, buddy. Yeah, my name's Chase. <clears throat> super, super stoked to be here. 
Man, I I um I grew up. I guess I'd say I grew up hunting or around family members who hunted. My dad was a big hunter, and uh, man, honestly, I've I've had some mixed emotions about coming out here and hunting because I've you know growing up, my dad always tried to get me out hunting with him, and I would go. Um, pretty much every time that he would ask me to go, but I never really wanted to. And I'm not really, I can't figure out really why, but I knew whenever we were going to come back out here, I was kind of nervous about my dad knowing that I was coming out here hunting with you guys because I was worried that he would get uh, his feelings hurt, you know, because I really wanted to come out here and hang out with you guys. Not necessarily to hunt, but just to hang out with you, which, which I get a lot out of just hanging out and talking and being able to do I mean, it's super great to just get away from normal life and disconnect and come out here and be away from the day-to-day routines, you know, jobs, kids, wives, but whatever, just life stuff and come out here and just do something different is um, and recharge is, is great. But the hunting part for me, I've just had a little bit of, um, I mean, I've struggled trying to get back into it and I always thought I'm, I made excuses um, and I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to say too much about this because, you know, I don't want my dad to think something. But it, a lot of it comes back to me from my, to my dad, you know, and our relationship. Part of me is um, resentful at aspects of hunting because of the struggles that I think he and I had and went through. And then part of me is also hopeful that, like, this experience could spark a new possible relationship for me to rekindle that relationship based around hunting with my dad. So I'm kind of excited about being here, and I didn't have not mentioned that I don't think before, but um, that's a that's a part of this trip that I'm, I guess, you know, deep down kind of hopeful that it'll spark another type of level or another level of um, growth in my dad and I's relationship. So. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, for hunting and even the killing part, you know, I've always struggled with that. Like I hate, I don't like killing things, but I, so I've somehow justified it, you know, that it's, that I can handle it. I can do it if I eat the meat or, you know, mm-hmm. use it that in that manner. But other than that, man, I'm super excited to be out here hanging out with you guys. I don't, I mean, we, if we didn't hunt, I would care less. If we just sat here in the cabin, I would be just as stoked. So. Uh, True. I mean, shit. We I've learned a lot just sitting here. Learned all kinds of stuff about cooking organ meat from Nick and um, all kinds of shit from Shane. Uh, we might get into some more of that. We maybe repeat a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but no, this is great. I'm you know super excited to be here. Yeah, we wonder about like before the mics get turned on, you know, and like uh, catching everything and 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 so you know, one thing about this is we can say it again. We don't like have to you know. Uh, it's open topic still to, to bring back stuff we were talking about earlier. Uh, so I'll touch base on like, you know, it gets kind of funny cause, uh, this is my place and these are my woods and I feel that way about it. You know, uh, I feel that it's mine. Uh, I've been coming down to these woods since I was basically born. Uh, my father, a friend of my father's had purchased a, this piece of property we're sitting on now, uh, someplace in the 1969, 1970, time frame while I was a kid you know when I right when I was born and I've been able to have the luxury of coming down here and hunting these woods ever since then on and off now there were times where we didn't come and we moved and we went hunted other places I was fortunate enough to be uh, I would I would say that because uh, you know and Chase you touched me with that because 
you know, I have to start looking at like when my dad started taking me hunting, not every time did I really want to go, mm-hmm. you know, but I felt some commitment or some, some, something where I, where you didn't I, want to let him down. Yeah. Where I needed yeah. to go with him, you know, uh, but I always enjoyed it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to go back and I never did. You know, my brother would get out of it. He wouldn't have to get up in the morning. Uh, and, and we'd leave him in bed lots of times, but I would be in the squirrel woods. We would be out rabbit hunting. We would be out behind some one of dad's buddies, bird dogs. Uh, we spent a lot of my most found, found, fondest memories actually hunting or in waterfowl blinds in either duck blinds or goose pits. Uh, we did a lot of that. And uh, as time went by, I transitioned to where I wanted to primarily deer hunt. That's what my interest started laying and, and lying. And uh, dad and his buddies would still go duck hunting, but I would go up in the hoods behind them wherever they were duck hunting out on the lake and go up in the woods and deer hunt instead. Uh, and if I killed something, you know, we'd I'd, I'd drag it down the bank, you know, and we'd throw it in the boat and, and, and go back. And, and a lot of times I had the shotgun too. So like if I got tired of being out in the woods, I'd come down and I'd sit in the duck blind with dad and his buddies. But as uh, time come around when I got hunt, when, when we got driver's license, right? And uh, my cousin and I hunted together a lot, and Dad took us, and, and we started leaving Dad behind, right? And then it started where I was using, I was drinking and using, so I didn't want Dad to be around that. I remember, too, like those duck blinds and stuff, sneaking off, smoking a little dope, go take take a walk, got to warm up my feet, you know, a coat. I'm going to go take a dump and, uh, and, and go puff on a joint for a little bit and then come back to the blind. But I left Dad at home for a while, and... Uh, Sometime around the time of around 20 years old or something. So that wasn't a very long period of time, but it felt like a long time, like from driver's license age to my early 20s. Um, like I lost all my serious deer hunting partners again. And I was at that time, the disease didn't have a hold on me where I wasn't functioning. You know, I, just, I was getting up and I was serious about it. I really was. I was as serious about deer hunting as it's ever been in my life. Uh, I was young, strong, and, uh, and I grabbed my dad back up again. And we started looking out for places to hunt again. And, uh, and to be honest, that's never stopped since then. So here, uh, that was 20 years old and I'm 49. So I can, I can sit here and say pretty much that dad and I have been sitting in hunting camps together all our lives. And, and with, with the exception of that little break there, whenever you know I kind of boogied out and did, did my own thing for a few years. Uh, and I'll just, uh, before I pass on again is that uh, and then jump in too, so we kind of just free form it, you know, we don't necessarily have to do a take and turn thing, uh, something pops up, but uh, credit where credit's due, you know, if it wasn't for my father, I wouldn't have this place right here right now, and I wouldn't have this thing, you know, when this place was built on dope and booze, yep. I used that to fuel it, my dad, my, my, dad, my brother, and, and I built the cabin we're sitting in now, and uh and over the last few years in recovery, along with these men and some other ones, uh, the, the energy has been changed down here from that old energy now to a recovery energy. And, uh, and, and, you and can that, feel it when you drive up. For sure. Mm-hmm. It's palpable. And my father says over and over again, now that it's being used in this way, he said more than once, that is what this place was made for. Mm. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're kind of... Uh, touching on something that's been on me for a while is just this uh, relationship between fathers and, Father and, and their children. Too, yeah, yeah um, I had some what, what we call in our group some juice moments with, with my son earlier this week 
he had his Christmas performance. He's three and a half years old, and uh, Christmas performances, you know, singing three and a half year old group of three and a half year olds is uh, it can be a shit show for sure. And uh, his grandma, my mother in law, was there too, and he he's walking up stage and. He sees his grandma. His grandma, if you ask him who his best friend is, he's either going to say me or his grandma. It just kind of depends on the day. He cool. loves her to death. And uh, he saw her in the crowd, and he made a beeline for her. He was not going to go on that stage. <laughs> and uh, so we tried real hard to get him up on that stage, um, but he just wasn't having it. And when we finally did get him on stage, he started just bawling, crying. Um, and, I, you know, I've told you guys, I don't know how I would have handled that before sobriety. I, I've only parented in sobriety, and I'm grateful for that. I got to think with the way I was raised in that hard scrabble country kind of life that I would have told him to rub some dirt on it, or told him to man up, or only girls cry, or some bullshit like that. Um, but as I saw him up there crying, I it instantly connected to my little kid. Yeah. And my little kid's kind of why I'm here, like figuring out what the things that I like. Right. Okay. Um, I gave him a big thumbs up, and you know I was proud of him. I was proud of him that he doesn't care that he's crying in front of a group of strangers. That's All cool. that mattered to him was getting back to his grandma. Um, so I don't know. I just I, I kind of picked up on that that father son dynamic. And maybe since we're hunting, and this is kind of I kind of feel like that's a spiritual thing about hunting, and it's been going on forever. Is it's kind of a bond between uh, you know a son pass or a father passing that down to their son yeah i can't get away from it like for me it's one and the same i mean when i think about hunting i think about my relationship with my dad and then now that i have a son i think about my relationship with my son because i mean it's 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 weird for me because i've all i've grown up scared to death that i was going to disappoint my dad my dad was tough i mean and he was he was hard on us and I know that he loved us and that was and he did the best that he he could and my dad and I have made amends we're good better than ever before and in my worst days I saw my dad brokenhearted the most I mean he was the guy that showed up and picked me up when I was blackout drunk didn't know where I was my dad was always there he naked was all at a Burger King? naked at a White Castle, White Castle. And my dad was there to pick me up <laughs> And take me home, and he wasn't really mad. Growing up, you know, I remember holding a flashlight and getting yelled at. That's what my dad taught me how to do. You know, that kind of stuff. Shine it here. Shine it here, and then no, damn it, you know. Hold it still. And I was, you know, shaking with the flashlight. And that's kind of what hunting was for me at first. It was like, you know, really, I didn't want to fuck it up. Don't disappoint somebody. I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to get yelled at. But that was, you know, my dad's way. That was kind of how he did things. So hunting for me today is, as I've gotten the opportunity to be sober and do something like this with you guys and learn again, like I said, learn how to live, learn how to do this thing. It's part like for me, it's about potentially being a better son and being a better father. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys get to, I get to learn from you guys how to do that. And that's what, I, I mean. Shit, everything that I do for fun now seems like it has a deeper meaning. And yeah. I can pull some sort of thing that has to do with recovery out of it. Maybe that's because I'm looking for it, but I still seem to find it even when we go on a hunting trip. The guys weekend, it's all about how I potentially relate or actually relate to like the people that immediately affect my life and I affect theirs the same. So, um, Well, and... Um 
I kind of need to to backtrack something I said because Dan, you said earlier you got to give credit where credit is due, and um, I said that I had a dad that was, you know, out on business trips more than he was around, which was true. But I mean, that's how you know that that was his livelihood, and there was nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was younger, he was my best friend, and he just wasn't into hunting. That just wasn't his thing. But guns were always a part of our lives, um, always a big part of our family. Um, and we grew up on a piece of property where there was tons of woods around. And so it was always a tradition in my family did, uh, whenever you turn 10, you would always get a 22. Cool. And so we always have, you know, the 22s in our family. And then we still have, still to this day have, um, my grandfather's World War II carbine. And I just absolutely love the thought that, you know, there's been at least three generations of Bradley men that's wrapped their hands around the, the stock of those guns. And um, was it thirty caliber carbine? Yeah. Is that what it is? yeah. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful gun. Yeah, yeah, they they're very cool. It's it seen some better years. Some of the uh, original assault rifles. Yeah, but uh, we spent a lot of time in those woods, man. And there's still to this day, I wouldn't dare step foot on it now. But we built this big old bridge. It's it's not as big as I remembered it, but uh, we spent all summer long building a bridge over our creek. It was me, my brother, and my dad. Walking we, bridge. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was all made out of cedar, so it's still around, and it has uh, the the handrails and everything. Very cool. But uh, the properties was whose property was it? That that was our parents out in Fisherville. Yeah, yeah. Shane still in will the family. Out, Shane yeah. will walk out yeah. on that bridge and test it for you. Just yeah, do his little shimmy. So you still own the property? Yeah. It, well, it's my mom's house. Okay. Yeah, where she lives. Cool. Yeah. It's funny how um, you were saying catch something that. That term always makes me giggle. irked me. Yeah, it irked me because people. Did you catch anything? Did you catch anything? No, I didn't catch anything. I killed something, you know. But they just don't know. There's a difference between catching something and they run too taking something's fast. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. been able to catch one. It, it's pretty cool now that um, when I was in the madness, I would take my kids hunting and I would teach them the things that I've been taught and have learned myself through hunting and. Um, they know a lot about it. They knew a lot about it at a very young age, like three and four years old. I was taking them. I mean, I remember going shed hunting with them in a stroller, going across fields with a stroller, going shed hunting when they were only months old. It was really cool. Um, just so I could get out of the house with them and move around and have fun and be outside and outdoors. That's where, like I said, I found my serenity. Um, but I would take them and we would set up places um, – and uh, call coyotes and things like that. And I remember one specific time um, I was calling some coyotes and they were answering back. And my daughter said, Daddy, I think I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, maybe they're coming. She's like, no, Daddy, I need to go to the bathroom. But she was just so scared. She wanted to get the hell out of there. And I, I get that because uh, the, they can be very scary creatures when you hear a whole pack of coyotes howling back at you. Yeah, them. and they're coming to- towards you, you know, and – just the look on their little faces is really cute, but. Um, <laughs> um, so have you actually taken them hunting uh, before? Yes, uh, but we've never killed anything yet. Um, but like I said, I, I haven't been in two years, and it's, it was funny because um, when I told my kids I was coming out this weekend, my son said, "Daddy, can I go with you?" And I hate it when I said no. Yeah. You know, because it was just us coming up here, and it was, you know first time doing this and mm, that's rough yeah it was man because I, I wanted to say yeah you know and I hated to tell him no um, that, that that part sucked 
uh, I'm thinking about them right now, and um, it's just it's just cool to be able to pass this kind of tradition on to kids. Because when I was uh, when I was doing it before, um, I would get one and I would show them everything about them. I would show you know how I killed them, how I gutted them, how I skinned them, how I butchered them out. And it was funny because I would come home and I'd already cleaned the deer and everything and it had to cut up the steaks. And I'd come home and I'd be like, I got one. My daughter would be like, let's go see it. And I was like, oh, it's already cut up. She's like, well, I want to see the meat, you know, which was, I thought was pretty cool, yeah. you know. She, I want to see it still, you know. And I was like, cool, you know, and I'd mm. show them still. Um, I, I think that's a better way to raise them besides, you know, sheltering them from what actually goes on when you mm -hmm. take something's life and what you do with it as far as yeah. you know the whole process because I go from That's a good point. taking his life to praying with it you know I actually say a prayer with him and then um, going to work you know because by then it's it's life is gone it's spirit is gone and now it is just food for me you know and once I start thinking in that process it's just easy to do my thing as far as gutting them and skinning them and quartering them out and cutting them into steaks and throwing them on the grill. You know, I've always had a reverence for the animals. Mm -hmm. I've, mm -hmm. you know, the way I think I've been that I've, you know, the ones that I've killed. I don't mind saying that. I don't yeah. mind saying you know the harvested, taken, but right. you know the taken part of it is more like a some level of gift, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I worked hard to get it, but I always have had a reverence for that. You know, and there's. I heard somebody talking the other day about some uh, being turned off about the uh, the celebration around the kill. Uh, somebody else on some podcast I was listening to it when he was really turned off about that, and they were trying to explain that you know there is a celebration in this. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's right. not like I mean, like it or not, it's a little bit like making that three point shot at the buzzer kind of thing. You know, and, yeah. and the anticipation, and you're talking about the adrenaline dump you get mm -hmm. as you're you know. Uh, if you're in the deer woods and one is coming and you have an opportunity to see it, you know, I almost rather just all of a sudden look down and be there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that way I don't have that chance to. But when you see one walking in on you and the time, and, it, and it's closer and it's closer and the time comes and you make the shot, uh, hell yeah, man, you uh, jump up. I used to have a buddy that I hunted with one once during those times of that when I, when I kind of, lack of a better way to say it, an abandoned dad. It didn't matter where he was at in the woods. And we bow hunted primarily. I've heard, I, I've primarily bow hunted most of my life for a deer, for whitetail. Um, you would hear him hoop and holler when he shot one. You didn't have to worry about, you know. Me too. Getting shot, man. But you, yee, yee, way off, and you know, you knew Richard had killed a deer. I did the same thing. I always went yee, and then they knew I got one. And he was one of these guys that just always got big ones too, man. He just always killed mm -hmm. big deer, no matter where he seemed to be hunting at. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know what that you'd call it luck or whatever, but uh. I'm hoping to have that same experience in the morning. I had a, I was driving down the road today and saw a beautiful ten point up in the woods. And uh, the last two days, actually, I've seen bucks. And I haven't seen bucks like all year long. And, and I just happened these last two days catch some and see it. And, and actually, uh, the white-tailed deer is my spirit animal, and um, I've felt close to him my whole life actually. And when I used to hike when I was a kid, I could, I could actually smell them. They have a you know a, a certain smell to them, and I I would be walking through the woods and I would smell something and I would stop and I'd start looking for it. And sure enough, I'd see it or find it or jump it up or whatever or be close to where they were just bedding or something because I could catch on that smell. You know. Well, like what he said, uh, there is something cool about 
there, there's always been something that drew me to hunting with, uh, and, and just, I'll use this term men because that's all right. I've really hunted with. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter has came hunt, has come hunting with me. Uh, she's probably as at a certain point was more interested in it than my than my son than my son was. Um, neither one of them are real interested at the moment. But this drawing together, uh, as we were doing earlier, sitting around a campfire or sitting around the, the dinner table and men getting together and mm-hmm. gathering for the hunt is an age-old tradition. It's older, way old, you know, it's, it's certainly a part of this country's tradition. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully always will be, When, if you would ask me. And 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 the truth of the matter was, this is how we have uh, human races survived right. and and fed ourselves since we've the been around. Gone, yeah. uh, sitting around fires, cooking meat, uh, and and gathering for the hunt. So I can understand though why good. somebody would have trouble understanding why someone would celebrate the killing of an animal, and it's I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we don't really need to do it anymore. Before, you know, it was a celebration because we didn't have any food. You killed an animal, and now we do. <laughs> and you reason, thank God there was for reason it, yeah. to celebrate. Yeah, right. we, we're going to eat for the winter. Tonight. Yeah. And now we don't really have to do that. Like, we got Kroger's, and we got a Meyer, and we got a, you know, Publix. We can go get meat, pink and plastic, though. So we don't really get to see the process, you know, from start of to finish. Yeah. yeah, how it actually ends up on your plate. Because, you know, <clears throat> I think there's something to be said about eating animals that you kill harvest or take yourself and you not a lot different than the fruit than the vegetables you were talking about growing in your garden sure there's the a same. difference between eating that it's the same and, thing uh, the, i mean and i prefer to do it that way knowing what i'm eating knowing you know mm-hmm. rather than you it's know, all jacked up on steroids pink, some pink meat that's wrapped up in plastic i mean to, that's, dies. i feel like that's more that's more unappealing to me than killing an animal skinning it butchering it yourself and well, yeah actually, you, yeah. you give a you give a deer a choice between or an any animal a choice between running around these woods sure, for exactly. its whole life and then one day it's snuffed out or living in some nasty factory farm yeah. and going on a conveyor belt to the slaughterhouse and after spending its life in a box i think it's going to pick the deer path every time it's got mm-hmm. it, to me it's just a more humane way to put meat on the table for sure i agree when we hit on it earlier about uh, hunting with men, and um, I, I think that, that that really rings true for me, just that there is a, a masculine, and I'm not talking about just men, as in males, I'm talking about just that masculine energy. It, I mean... Yeah, I get that. And, you know, I'm, we're all comfortable with who we are. I mean, I know you men around the table, like, you know, there's moments where there's... Comfortable with who I am. I'm yeah. not sure I'm comfortable with who you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sick. Yeah, well, that's very true. We're all sick. I can't shit. get right. But there's, you know, there, there are moments it. where you have there, uh, you're more in touch with feminine energy or masculine energy. And I think that in our, I'll just speak for me. For me, in our society, it is real tough for men to tap into that healthy masculine energy and to let that wild man out in a healthy way. Yeah. And I mean, this is that's that spiritual aspect to me is just getting together and actually being able to go kill something and harvest it and actually be that provider for your family, mm-hmm. your kiddos, your partner, and to, to let that wild man out in a healthy manner. I think that's huge. Yeah, I do too. Oh, yeah. You touched on something there. Um, that masculine energy made me think of something from uh, 
reading the Chronicles of Narnia growing up, and they're talking about uh, the hero, the story, is it Aslan? Is that the lion's name? Aslan, yeah. Yeah, Aslan. And uh, the kids ask if he's good, and they said, yeah, he's good. Is he safe? No, he's good, but he's not necessarily safe. Right. And that's, that's kind of the way I think about um, our masculinity is, like, we have to be free to be wild. And we're not – are we always safe? Hell no. But today I strive to always be good, and that, that's more important. Yeah, I, I love that, that point that you made too because, I, mean, I mean, every aspect of goodness has the, has the equal aspect of badness to it as well. I mean, it's not like that, that good, goodness is not necessarily absent of evil. Right, it's just a part of it, like anything else, and that's that. You know, like you talked about crashing the ego, and I think that has a lot to do with that, and that tapping into that masculine energy. Like, you know, I don't think we have to necessarily kill something to do that, but mm-hmm. it's just the camaraderie that you get, and we could do it. I mean, we could probably do it fishing just as well as we could maybe not golf, but. Right. No fly fishing. That's funny. But I think apparently it's not killing if it's killing a fish, huh? Well, it's like vegetarianism. <laughs> Vegetarian. what you're but you catch is, fish. Yeah. When you say not killing something, what you mean is, is is the success of the hunt if you gauge it on the fact if we kill something or not is not what it's, it's about. Just I doing think is something. that what I'm hearing you yeah, say? Exactly. It's, oh, yeah. it's doing something. Not together. the fact that we're after something to kill. Yeah. But I mean just whether if we actually Today hunting is a sport. You know, a long time ago it wasn't. But, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of irrelevant, right, for what our, what we're after. We're not right. really here to hunt animals. We're This we're, right here is what I was hunting for. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I that's, joke around, and people who ask me, because you know, guys know me, I don't. Mm. I rarely shoot something. Uh, I will talk on that to a little bit more, but uh, I have a little thing I say where I say, I've been hunting peace and serenity, and I've been killing time. There you uh, go. But you know, my father never really killed anything either. You know, uh, when I remember, you know, we would kill small game a lot. We'd kill squirrels and rabbits and birds, shoot that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad has killed one white-tailed deer uh, in all those years of hunting. And he started hunting when white-tailed deer season was first available in Indiana. He hunted the first seasons. And uh, and, uh, and he, he killed that white-tailed deer with me in 1990. And that was the only one, only deer he's ever killed. It's up there. It's, it's up there. It's right on the wall. It's the one with the green... Uh, European mount. It's yeah. eight point. Yeah, and uh, but I wasn't brought up with the fact that what I'm get to is that the success of the hunt was not measured by whether we killed anything or not or how many we killed. Now, obviously, there was a time in your life and in, in my life where it did matter to me. For sure, I needed to limit. I needed to prove that I could kill five squirrels. Yeah, you know, and and get my limit. And, Kill eleven deer and, in one season. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and do that. Uh, there is some talk of a pro- natural progression of hunters too. Is how you do this. You know, first you just want to kill something, right? You just want to get something. And then you want to get to limits, and then you're looking for quality animals, and then mm-hmm. you know before long, you're circling back around, and you're really not killing anything anymore. <laughs> you're just after the experience and yep. and, uh, yep. and uh, the. I think that's where I'm at right now. And the serenity yeah. and the grounding. I say when I come out here that I am. Uh, I'm decompressing. I'm recharging my batteries. I think it's also about self-exploration, too. I mean, you, For sure. of, you do something that you're not comfortable with, like you were talking about earlier, and you basically are, you know, extending your parameters, right? You're growing in some sense because the more you do something that you're uncomfortable, the less uncomfortable it becomes the more you do it. And, you're, you know, the next time we do something that's I'm not – you know, every time I do something that I'm uncomfortable doing – 
it makes it so much easier to go do another thing that I'm uncomfortable something with. Something unrelated. Yes. Yeah. Totally unrelated. It could be Maybe, something yeah. at work, relationship, you know, argument with my wife. Some of it's sitting out here in this cold to me. Yeah, it's to, difficult. To it's not easy. It's not that be, comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we say this in yoga. We want to find some. We want to find some comfort in the discomfort. Some yoga poses are like that. We're trying to find some comfort in the discomfort. And some of that, you know, I can relate that same kind of. It's because, uh, like I said, it's good for me to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that just means sitting in the cold. Yep. Well, the duality of it, like you were talking about. Um, the, the good things that you have when you're in the uncomfortable environments are that much better. The steak we had tonight might as well have been dry-aged Kobe beef yeah, because right. we sat around a fire and watched it cook after, you know, going all over the place in the cold, and it just tastes better. Coffee tastes better. You know, the the bed yeah. tonight, that old rickety twin bed upstairs is going to feel like I'm at the high like cloud. Yeah. 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 Food, uh, food's always better deer camp or camp. Yeah, you know, uh, I always sleep good down here. Mm-hmm. I never get any better sleep than I get when I'm down there. Um, That's be been a, a huge part of my recovery too, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, early on, like I think it's important yeah, in the to beginning. It, yeah. Early on, it's important to say like, "This is gonna suck." Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is gonna better. suck. That's that's it. You know, it's not gonna be easy at first. And Getting this sober. is the last time it has to suck. It's the only time. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't have to can, suck you ever don't again. Have to do this. This can be as shitty as you ever feel. Right, yep. and then you know the next time you do that uncomfortable thing, you don't feel that shitty anymore. It's actually like, fuck, I can do this. I think it's part of you know. It's a, that's a funny thing. You know, it's supposed to hurt. You know why it's supposed to hurt? You know what pain is? Pain sound. Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's easier said than done, right? I think if I look around the table, uh, <laughs> I know that uh, not many of you all listened to those first pain signals last year. Not the first no. seventy-five anyway. Yeah. I didn't listen to him until it hurt bad enough. Yeah. You know, I've been coming down here for uh, all those years, and I got a lot of memories you were talking about earlier, you know, and, and like I said, my kids have not really been too interested in being here. They're in their early teens, and and, uh, and I think that's just a natural thing, you know. I don't, get, I don't sweat it too much. What they do want to do now is bring their buddies down, you know. They want to bring carloads of friends, and then this place is fun then, uh, especially if you turn them loose in the wheelers and, and that kind of thing. But uh, I have pictures, you know, I run those deer cameras around and, and, I, and I will go back through some of those pictures and, you know, I carried my kids around in those little baby carriers because mm-hmm. my wife would work uh, at that point in time when their mother would work on weekends. Uh, she would work weekends on nursing shifts all weekend long. So I was dad all weekend long. So yep. if I wanted to get in the woods, babies came with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have, I have some pictures of those deer cameras. I had a backpack. With one kid back here, mm. and then one belly holders for the baby, the younger one in the front. And those cameras would catch you as you're approaching those. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like today, when I'm doing going through my deer cameras, I'll delete the pictures of me because it always gets me coming to the camera. I get really close ups to my nose and, and my eyes. I get a, I got one particular picture where me peering over my over my glasses, you know, so I can kind of read the. The, uh, the numbers display <laughs> on, the, on the thing. I have a lot of pictures of me kind of with the nose down, looking over my glasses, <laughs> like an old man. Yeah, yeah. And I like yeah. Delete, delete, delete. But I didn't delete those old pictures of me and the kids, you know. And yeah. uh, I thought those are pretty cool. I have thousands and thousands. And what I'm going to do with those pictures someday, I don't know. But uh, yeah. uh, it's kind of funny. Keep looking at them. It's probably what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that I sit here, you know, and I have all these pictures of these animals, you know. But 
it's like my mind at the moment is thinking that I need when I get home I need to make sure and grab those ones of the people and pull out those like those pictures of me and the kids you think any of those cameras caught us today yeah oh yeah yeah you got your picture taken today I hope one got me pushing down that tree. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't think there's a camera. Baron pants. Baron pants. Baron pants. We're talking about, um, you know, the kids not wanting to be out here and some of the uncomfortable stuff. And to me, there's a, I'm too comfortable sometimes in the society we live in. Sure. Too spoiled. And sometimes. It's part of the reason I come out here. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's nice to, I mean, I, this is we're a far cry. Yeah, we're pretty from comfortable. It. We are yeah. far cry from roughing it, yeah. but still, like we've stripped some modern convenience away, and like pants. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> pants. But now we sit here with a computer and microphones and stuff. I mean, right. some of the most spiritual people that um, you read about throughout history were aesthetics, where they, um, they they purposely lived a more difficult life to attain better spiritual understanding. Yeah. So I don't think that it's a mystery that we. Feel a little bit more. Um, <laughs> Jesus, here come the pants. I'm I don't think I'm it's overheating. A, I don't think it's a mystery that we feel some sort of spiritual connection when we strip some of that stuff away. Yeah. Well, I think it's liberating, and I also think it's very revealing too. It tells a story. I mean, that, that's what you know. The Stoics knew that too. I mean, whenever they were uh, contemplating these these particular ways of life and how to best analyze how we can grow or be better ultimately because I mean that's what we're doing right that's why I'm here me too I mean and I get to do that with you guys and also have fun on the side but you know it's about growth it's for me the fun that I have the spiritual experience that I get is in growth and so like you know learning about you know myself and that's why I do things like push myself in the gym it's not to get strong, you know, necessarily stronger, but it's it's revealing. It tells me where I am. It lets me know what I what I'm capable of, and that's what doing things like, you know, coming out here in the 28 degree weather. That's fucking cold. It's gonna be colder. Yeah, no, it's 28 now. Wait till the morning. Which yeah, but it's really not supposed to be too bad this weekend. But you're right. Yeah. And, um, but you, I mean, we are we are spoiled too, and it goes like even like the whole the way we eat things and get meat and food. I mean, that whole pink and plastic thing, man. Yeah, we ate meat straight out pink and you know there was pink and, and yeah. You plastic don't you, you just don't think about it at all. Yep. It's just mm-hmm. like food you put in your mouth. But that was an animal who had a life right. once. It was right. a sentient being. Sort of had a life. It it lived. It, you know it. <clears throat> it could tell that it was alive. Used oxygen. Yeah. 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 Then, but you're right, yeah. And then it ends up on a shelf in Kroger, and we just put it on a plate. And okay, and we're cool with that. We're comfortable with that. But you're telling me you actually go kill an animal, and it's like, wow, you're masculine, and that's savage. I don't know. Uh, growing up in a family who processed meat, uh, the idea that this stuff was coming from Kroger's was never, you know, that, that was something I didn't escape either. Uh, I, watched, uh, I watched animals get moved through the killing pen and get killed and get yeah. hung up and disassembled and and I would sit on the bench watching them do it. Matter of fact, we, you know, one thing I can always remember is that there were salt and pepper shakers on the butcher table because they would cut it up and eat it raw, right there on. That's the what table. I'm talking about right there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I knew where it came from and hunting, but hunting helped me do that too. Mm-hmm. Now, where another thing is is uh, I believe there's some lessons to be learned from hunting and the fact that uh, I know what it's like to take a life 
you know, it's not a game. It's not a video thing. It's not. Uh, I was fully touched from the first thing that I had. My very first thing to kill was a yeah. was a rabbit at my grandma's house. And how on does the it Thanksgiving feel? So day. how does that feel? And you? and there was a reverence in a in a little bit of a uh, remorse. I don't know what uh, that's that's a good to put one word on it would be tough. But there is a little remorse and yeah. there's a little I don't know. I guess I I have to go back to that reverence. Because mm-hmm. I saw things being killed, and it wasn't like that I didn't know. Like I had some feeling that it was not okay to do it. That was never maybe that was somber never thing. Somber. Yeah. It's strange though, because it's not like you know you. <clears throat> we think about killing something or destroying it because we hate it or we don't like it. You just want to crush it and, and wipe out its existence. But that's not the case when you kill an animal that you're hunting. I will never forget that Thanksgiving. It was at my grandma's house, you know, and they give me, you know, Dad, I, back then, they were pretty free with the firearms, right? You know, and here you go, buddy. Uh, and uh, I'm sure I had demonstrated my... Uh, Omnipotence. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, my proficiency, my safety, and that kind of thing with it, or they wouldn't have let me do that. Mm-hmm. But they turned me loose with the 20-gauge automatic shotgun, and I went out in the backyard kicking brush and killed a rabbit, and when came back in with that rabbit I was one proud little booger I bet you were you know I'm coming running up there holding that rabbit by the hind legs and uh, like I come like you know like I was bringing home Thanksgiving dinner but there still is the sitting at the side of the of the, of the lifeless animal uh, there's there's something to that for sure that's a that's a part of this uh, you know when I sit down if I kill something like Shane said a minute ago uh, you know I don't know that I was praying I would like to say that I could put that kind of thing on it, but I do know that every time, uh, every time I've ever taken a life of something in pursuit like that, a hunting, there is a moment given, taken, given, stopped, and, uh, and given and some kind of recognition to the universe for for this gift. Yeah, and you're a little more grateful for for that um, meat and that sacrifice when you're actually a part of it instead of. Like we've talked about, just pulling something off the shelf. There's no spiritual connection there. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, I mean, it's just a, an exchange of currency. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, where, where's the, where's the connection there? Yeah, yeah, direct connection to your sustenance. Yeah, I'm, I'm the very, the very. I mean, it's like you know, not like having, you know, it's as important as oxygen. Do you think it gives more meaning to like, because it's a very violent thing, really. I mean to, to eat. Even like I mean, think about what you do when you to eat. eat or to kill something. No, to eat to live. For us to live, like way, the way we interact with the universe is yeah, kind take. of violent. In a, in yeah. A, yeah, we we usually we have to destroy something to in order to live. It's kind of weird. So it, you know when we when you kill something or you destroy it that way, it kind of puts in perspective the whole the opposite of that, which would just be life or living, and it gives it. I think for me. A little bit more meaning you take a life and you know before you actually like I remember the first doe that I ki- killed I didn't think about you know you have no idea what it's gonna do to you before you do it and then afterwards it's just like one of those before I did it things and after I did it like I remember the first one that I, I was sitting in the woods and like six deer came by and I fuck, I unloaded my shotgun and we can't I, say fuck if you want to Oh, I, I fucking unloaded my shotgun, and I was just like, you know, spraying rounds everywhere, and I killed one, and I was kind of like, holy shit, I took, I killed this thing, but it gave me more respect for the life of these things too, mm-hmm. right? 
Because it's I saw the fragility in it. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there's a big difference between. But it took a violent act in order for for me to see that. Oh yeah. I don't. I mean, there's a part of me that if you step far enough back from it, like you're talking about eating, living is violent. That I could step far enough back and take a wider look to say that it's it's not as violent as it's just redirection of energy. Well, and it's a natural part yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't call sharks. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Us being as cognitive as we have the, you know, we're very cognitive creatures. But we, I wouldn't call a bear, you know, violent or a shark evil. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with evilness. I just think even though, like, even what a bear is doing, the destruction of a living thing, is still a violent thing. The birth of a child is violent. Yeah, it's a violent thing. The nature of our existence is a little violent in the environment we live in. We have to move it around violently yeah. in order to yeah. redirect in the energy the way in which we do it is still kind of violent mm-hmm. Nat- natural though well, that'd be part and, of the moment and necessary still violent it's not like it, it's not as smooth and graceful as you know I've cutting s- tomatoes sure yeah but you're still taking something's energy yeah tomatoes. Yes, you certainly are I'm really looking forward to getting out in the woods in the morning and just watching the woods come alive mm-hmm. i love to watch just the the colors change everything change the temperature change because a lot of people don't know that it's warmer when it's dark and once that sun starts to come up is when it gets cold there's a crack of what anyway i you know, I've never put a thermometer on it, but but I get what you're saying. There's a piece in the seven to ten degrees difference when, uh, when that it happens. It feels colder right at daybreak, and there's that little window in there. And that. I had a friend kind of explain that to me. He does HVAC, and he said it's the thermals because when the sun starts to heat the earth, the warmer it rises. Well, when it rises, it pushes that cold air that's up higher down. Hmm. So that's why it it it, it becomes colder. Because I was always like, oh yeah, the sun's coming up. I'm gonna get warm, and then, oh my god, it's colder. What the hell's going on? But um, I'm I'm looking forward to being in there and then hearing the birds wake up and the and the squirrels and just all the different sounds in the woods that I haven't heard in so long. Heard the cranes. Yeah, we heard the cranes today when we first arrived and we just stopped and watched them and they, they were coming our direction and then they just circled above us for a few minutes, which was pretty cool too. I thought that was pretty cool that I I kind of felt like they felt that we were here. You know what I mean? It was like just hey, look at me. You know. But um, they're gaining we, altitude to get up into the the, the jet thermals, stream, so to speak. Yeah. yeah but um, to to be able to harvest one tomorrow, I think is going to be awesome. I, I have a very good feeling that I will take something, and to be able to to go through the whole process again that I haven't done in so long. Um, and these guys are shaking their heads at me. <laughs> <laughs> but the the process to share this process with the guys to show that I am capable of doing it and, and to teach them something maybe they don't know or a different trick that I know that they were like, oh, that's really cool how you did that. I've never seen that done like that. You know, things like that is pretty cool to me. And then to be able to butcher it out and to come back to camp and throw it straight on the fire. Like when you show us, like when you knock the tree over. Yeah, when I knock the tree over and just awesome. keep on walking. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like the ability of uh... – Especially this group of guys. I, I really don't think I've ever had. This group's made made me realize I never had true friends. True friends. Yeah, yeah I feel the same way. Amen. Because we can we can go in and out of like all of a sudden when we're hunting. Shane's my big brother. 
because he's gonna he's gonna come along and, and do that thing and, and Dan too gonna show, show me how to do this and then but if there's something that I know how to do better than them they got no problem being the little brother and coming mm-hmm. right behind me and saying how do you do this yep that just I've never had a friendship like that where yeah. we can just be reciprocal ourselves like that so much and yeah. just go in and out of like okay you're you're not none of us is the expert in everything yep. so we don't act like it it's yeah. like easing into a balance in the like maybe not a, this isn't the right term but like a, the power struggle even though yeah. that's not it but there's not a struggle here there's no. a ba- there's, that's what I mean about the balance you know it's just kind of like we go one guy you know skill set rises up to handle a certain situation and another one rises up to handle another and and it, it is it's a uh, that's what Nick and it's I were so talking. easy that true. Uh, talk about that true north thing. I just continue mm-hmm. to feel like at ease, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't struggle like to feel like I gotta be something I'm not, or mm-hmm. you know, to to I've, prove something to you. Guys. Exactly. I've experienced it today with all of you guys because um, uh, the, for those listening who don't know me, I've got wonky hips. And so, um, wonky. That's, wonky. That that's a medical term. Yeah, that's that's a medical term. If you really? go in there, yeah. If you go in there, it says that on it. If you wonky go in there and, and you the talk to a doctor, Willie. It, listen, <laughs> Willie if you go wonky? if you go into a doctor's office and say, "Look, I have avascular necrosis," you look foolish. You want to say wonky, yeah. wonky, wonky uh, hip. Wonky's the right there. But you guys would slow up, or you turn around and say, "Hey, you okay, bud?" Like. And that, that really did hit me. But it hit me in <clears throat> not like anybody felt sorry for me or that I needed to be cared for. It was just that you all... Honestly uh, cared. Honestly cared. Mm-hmm. And and what was crazy is before recovery, there was no middle ground for me. Like, I would be pissed off if you didn't check up on me, but I'll be super fucking pissed off if you check up on me. That's right. Yeah. There was nothing... There was no good in between. And, like... Look I at just me. honestly, Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, and and today I just really, you know, just to let you guys know around the table, I really, really appreciated that. I, I and, felt and that, that moment, and that, that hit me really. It felt nice. Cool man, that yeah. is really cool, dude. Because I I felt that when um, we were walking up, I, I thought about you, and I turned around and stopped. I was like, I, I just paused and turned. I noticed around. that, and then you stepped on a dead tree, and I felt no, like get yeah. out of your get out of yeah. your way for you. Yeah, that was I thought you were doing pretty good though. Down. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> the tree that he knocked down. No. He got pissed at that one. And the other one, he just that one. On. I just didn't see. I just ran into it. You know, we talk a lot about letting that little kid out, and that's not. It's not always like uh, letting the little kid out to like necessarily play. It's also letting the little kid out to like say, "I'm scared of this." Mm, you know, yeah, like I, I, I got up to the tree stand that uh, that we picked out for me, and it's it's a good grip up there. It's yeah. on an incline, so it makes it look even worse. Mm-hmm. And I got down. I looked at. Damn, they said that harness that you have. Yeah, I'm gonna use it. And before in the nope. madness, I would have <laughs> nope. tried to top dog the shit out of that. No, I'm good. Let's and pull I, up another ten foot. Yeah. And instead <laughs> of being comfortable up there tomorrow, having a good experience, probably meditating, being one with nature, I would have been up there terrified. All I damn wish I would have had that strength. Yeah, and on. I but I'd still be too much of a ego driven maniac yeah. to come back to the cabin and get the stupid harness. Yeah. That'll make me fun. Have fun tomorrow. Yeah, we we wondered where Nick is, and it'd be past lunchtime, and we walk out there and find him, and he's standing up there in that tree stand with a bear hug on the tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to call the fire department. But work. but today I can get down from off that ladder and be like, yeah, that help you offered me, I'll take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, it's not easy to get used to being there for sure. That's not. That's not a. Those are small platforms, and twenty. Those are somewhere 22, 23 feet up off the ground. Those ladders that are next to it are twenty-five foot tall. So it's not quite to the top, top there. And like you said, that uh, being in that ravine and looking the one direction, it's uh, and I have it facing uphill on purpose. Yeah, probably smart. It, yeah, <laughs> just because that a little bit of illusion kind of thing that you know it looks like you're not as high when you're looking uphill. Yeah, just a, for a little help for you tomorrow. What always helped me was to pick a tree that's almost eye level with you, a point on a tree to kind of like focus on. Um, that is like it would be like the lowest point you were kind of looking at versus the lowest point or maybe opposite the highest point you know um, to kind of focus on that so um, you, you don't throw yourself off because I know when I used to hunt on that one I was telling you the big ravine on one side and it's like 20 foot up on the other side when I would look that way it would freak me out but I'd just find one tree to focus on it helped me out a lot cool do y'all have slings on you do yeah not the I have hooks that we could screw into the tree where you could hang your gun on there. I know some of those tree stands have places mm -hmm. that you can hang stuff. I didn't notice uh, that. I don't think that one does. Yeah. I have a no, bow hanger that I use. It's got... pretty cool. That's like a, it folds out. But you could take it if you wanted to. Uh, and it holds my bow like right there. Mm -hmm. You know, the elbow, kind of like these boom stands on the uh, microphone. I, I got one too. If anybody in. needs one, I got an extra and, one. I shouldn't need it up in that tree. I have one too. I didn't bring it, but sorry. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. on the ground. Pointless. Yeah. I'm gonna be on the ground. But I just also just have little screw things that that you just hang the like the sling on, you know, just so you can have your hands free once in a while, because otherwise you're a little bit stuck with your rifle in your hand or all the time. Or worried you're gonna knock it off. Yeah. Knock it off. And you guys brought up that notion of that uh, notion. I guess notion of friendship, which is um, camaraderie. Yeah, but it's like I mean I do consider you guys true friends. Uh, for lots of reasons. I mean, you know more about me than any quote-unquote yeah. friend I ever had. Mm -hmm. ever exactly. Did. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I, I mean, there's a camaraderie because the reason we're here, we were all really broken in some sense before we became friends. But I think that's what it what it took away. I have friends today because I I can. I could never have had friends before. I just couldn't. I wasn't. It wasn't there. It wasn't even. Um, I don't think it was a possibility for me, mm -hmm. really, because I couldn't be a friend either, right? Absolutely. Like, I have friends today because I needed help. Like you guys were mentioning, you mentioned being able to accept help. Once I accepted help, I also got a friend, right? And then that just grew, and then I'm able to help you guys as well in some sense, I'm sure. But it's, it's that back and forth vulnerability and, you know, the the acceptance of help when we need it which allows us to actually grow and then you know grow in friendship too mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to be a friend you know mm -hmm. it took me saying like, I don't really know how to do this you know you and I Drew and I have talked about that before like how do you really be a, a friend how can I and I'm even kind of hesitant to say like you are my friend and I like you know I like you as a person it's just like a, it's this that level of vulnerability that you can allow yourself to get to and that's what I mean the 12 steps teach us how to do that right yeah and I think it's really cool how your sharing of vulnerability comes out it feels like you being vulnerable to yourself which you are and that's honored but then we hear strength 
you know, and that lands mm-hmm. as strength. And then that allows me to let down my walls and then share my vulnerability. And it's that kind of waxing and waning of energy. Yeah, that's a weird thought, too. Like, it takes a, a certain amount of courage to say, I am weak. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I need help. Yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of those weird paradoxes in the in the book too, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen that we don't really things spin off when we do this process that weren't necessarily the intentions we had in our sights. This mm-hmm. thing like these friendships that grow, you know. I mean, in the beginning, I just wanted to stop freaking killing myself and feeling the way I was feeling, and yeah. uh, and more than that, you know. I needed to get the the trouble off of my rear end, you know. Right. That was my main mm-hmm. focus, you know. But then the byproduct of that that I wasn't expecting was these deep and meaningful friendships. And you know, you're saying I, you know, you go, you said, and I know what you mean, but you know, you said that it's be able to tell a guy that you like him, right? Well, you know, I, mean, I, love I really you. don't get off yeah. the phone with any of my buddies without anymore, you know. And that was a, that was something I had trouble saying to my freaking wife and mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, now she ain't my wife no more. So that, <laughs> uh, and that's part of it. You know, that really was because I was not in a position I could do that. But today, you know, I, I and I wasn't comfortable when you guys started telling me. You know, when people would tell me they loved me, I wasn't comfortable with that right. in the beginning. You know. Yeah, I didn't uh, even say love just a second ago because it's still a little weird about it. Yeah. So. Today that rolls Keep off of me back. pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love me before you know it. Yeah. Today that rolls off of me pretty damned easy, you know, and I mean it too. It's not rolling off of me because it's lackadaisical. It rolls off of me because I truly freaking love you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. You mean the world to me. I will, I will freaking cry. I, I, I tear up when I tell, and I, and I do it often nowadays because of how close we're growing here lately due to some new tools and some things and, and things like this. You know, we just seem to continue to find... <laughs> ways to you know the book that said that we say the thing about continuing to enlarge your spiritual life right well in the same regard and it is to me re, uh, enlarging my spiritual life in the same way that i'm uh deepening my connection with you guys that is a way of enlarging my spiritual life for sure is to get more connected to 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 heck, these guys here when i say that too is is it's not just the guys that hunt on campus week either uh, no. this is cool and this is guys that uh I threw out some feelers, you know, to see who might be interested in hunting because uh, that's what the target goal was here. I wanted some guys to come down and actually hunt. Uh, we, we have some other times when we get together and we're doing other things or just hanging out. And even down here, we get together on some retreats and just hang out. I wanted guys to come down to actually hunt. And, you know, uh, but back to that is that deeper connection that we're all feeling. You know, we come from a lot of different corners and just not, there's just not, I mean, Really, honestly, I don't think there's another guy in our group of a bunch of what I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 people in our mm-hmm. home group today. Yeah. I don't think anybody else hunts. There might be a couple that just couldn't physically do it right now or financially yep, you're right. do it. Yep, but there will the be a couple part, more. Yep, you're right. Yep. But we might have, if everybody could have said yes, we might have eight guys. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's another the group that would... Yeah. I'll go golfing. I probably would sit out that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd fish I the water fishing. hazard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd look for golf balls. Do some fishing, uh, and do some, but uh, well, the other thing I was going to say about the uh, back to the friendship topic is the the guys or or ladies that are doing the twelve steps and aren't enlarging that that friendship aspect and reaching out and actually gaining friendships in the program, man, missing, missing out. out. And, yeah. and, 
I just don't know where I'd be without you guys. Yeah. Because I was isolating in the madness. I didn't want, I mean, I used to celebrate my wife not being at home because I could just wallow in the sickness. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to do this thing and get so-called spiritually healthy just to, to continue to be isolated, I, I just don't see that as healthy. I, yeah, I need you, I need you guys to walk this road. I can't I can't do it by myself. Yeah. And and I need I need to have those relationships with with men especially because I try I always tried to more so than with anybody else in the world with men my age and that I looked up to and respected. I tried to puff up and act like something oh, bigger yeah. than I was. Yeah, me too. And I always felt less than or tried to figure out reasons why I was better than. It's such a big part of my life now to be vulnerable and be a friend and allow myself to have friends. I, I don't know how you do the 12 steps without it. I, I really don't. I can't. I, I, I agree 100%. I, the more my friendships grow, I feel like the more I grow, too. It's, it, it's one and the same. It's not like I wouldn't be able to grow spiritually, um, mentally, physically even, I don't think, if I didn't have this like growing connection um, and it's even helped me get a, 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 like a, I think a better contact with my higher power too because like, it's the same type of relationship it's that connectedness that I'm after right? and I feel like connection is the opposite of addiction like you said mm-hmm. in my addiction I was totally isolated even when I was totally surrounded by people yeah. yeah totally disconnected from everything especially a, a higher aura or sense of like being and the more that I can connect to Shane or Drew or in you guys and, and everybody in our home group or in, in anywhere, really, they don't even have to be someone who's an alcoholic no. in recovery, mm-hmm. out of recovery, any person. The more I can connect to that person, like, it's strange how it works that the, the more I'm able to connect to my higher power. And I feel like for me, like my, I see my higher power in other people. Yeah. And, and when I'm making those yeah. connections, it's like, there it is. This is what I'm doing. I find a purpose that way. And then I find myself in this. And I don't, I don't have to walk around anymore thinking, I can't drink, I can't drink, I can't drink. That's, it just, it's not even on my radar. Mm-hmm. Those toxic things that were destroying my life before, I don't have to run from them. I do this and I stay connected and they stay away from me. Several religious traditions have that whole uh, object lesson of, you know, one one chord breaks really easily, but when you put three chords, it's harder. When you put five chords, you know, sure. braided together, yeah. that you're not going to break that. And that's to me kind of like the the object lesson of friendship in AA is once we are all intertwined together, it's a lot harder for one of us to fall. All we got to do is be vulnerable and say, hey, you know, I'm having trouble with it. I mean, each one of us in the past week has reached out and said hey I'm this is what's going on and mm-hmm. it, it, it sucks right now and within a half hour we feel better yeah, yeah. because you know, we all rally around we spoke about it yeah. yeah and I almost feel an obligation to do it you know there's still that ego that wants to say no this ain't you know you know you're a wimp if, you this know, ain't or, a big enough deal you know, to say this something. ain't big enough you know or whatever you know mm-hmm. and then, but you know I fall back to something that's like you know because when you don't tell me I might get my feelings hurt a little bit when you don't let me in. And, you know, if I'm going to do this walk the fucking walk, man, uh, then I better do the same thing, right? 
Yeah. I can't expect you to lay your stuff on the table if I ain't laying my stuff on the table, right. whatever it is, you know. Uh, I've watched, we have, we've watched some really cool stuff where uh, I have a, some visuals that come in, you know, analogy, thoughts, whatever. You know, it seems like a guy will have something going on, man, and, and I see this guy out here and he's floating, you know, he's like laying himself out here. He's floating like an orb in between us. And like all of a sudden, like all of us, however many, you know, because they're always, you never know who's like standing around with this, this little tool we got going on where the hands come out and the support, mm-hmm. you know, they come out underneath it. You know, and I felt that safety net myself in some places, you know, in, in a, you know, and not in the freaking that it ain't a big enough deal world. No, no, uh, in, in the big enough deal world where the arms, and that's really what I felt. I felt my brothers reach out and hold me up in a manner that made it to where I could not fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it has everything to do with that aspect of just letting go and you're not fighting anymore. You know, like you go as far as you can go with it and then, then you're only halfway there though because mm-hmm. the other the other aspect is just to completely let go and then you get you get the freedom, you get the next level shit, that fourth dimension stuff starts showing up. That's the unimaginable stuff that happens in your life you never thought was going to be possible before you you got sober I mean I thought when I quit drinking that I was just going to not drink anymore yeah. and that's not what's happened not at all yeah I don't drink anymore all kinds of crazy shit happens in my life like I'm a father today I'm not a guy with a kid right I'm a husband yeah. you know I show up for my wife and my and my kid and you know and that is hard you know I mean there's there's a lot of shit in there that is just fucking hard but that's that's life, you know. I was I was we got get to do hard shit. We today. get to do hard shit today. That's what we're meant to do. I mean, alcoholics are tough to kill, right? And I <laughs> think that's why. That's fine. Amen. Because we're supposed to do some hard shit. Yeah, that's a you know you bounce around and you keep on doing this enlargement thing, you know, and and, and that Carl Jung synchronicity thing, you know, and you get these it's a different spiritual teachings, and I really do like that's. I will say, you know, I don't subscribe to any particular spiritual philosophy, but I do draw from any of them that, mm-hmm. that I can, you yep. know. Uh, and that, you know, at the moment the yoga stuff comes in, you know, and then they keep on telling me, you know, that, that we get to do hard things, you know, and, it, and you think that you're sitting there on the mat stretching and so holding some pose that's hard, and that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But really, that's not what they're talking about talking about you're practicing for the other hard things you're going to end up being up against in life they say you're stronger than you think you are well we all are you know we don't give ourselves credit for the amount of strength that we have and it does play out in the mat but it also plays out in your home life you know when something comes up man and you gotta like you know kids stumbling and crying at the christmas thing you know and now i gotta be stronger than i really want to be because what i mean i'll bet Maybe, uh, and I may be making, being a little presumptuous here, but I'm going to bet that's not really your gut base reaction that you gave. Now, it might be better today, but I bet in a way there's some stuff about my boys up there making something go on that's oh, yeah. starting to embarrass me. I wanted to go up there and sound like Freddie Mercury or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But, but, but you know that to come back and be strong and, and to do those actions, do those things like you know, I think a few of us have said already tonight, the things that you know that that are coming more natural, but really don't come natural mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. Yeah. Coming more. Yeah. 
it doesn't ever get any easier. I think we just get stronger the more we do it. Like how many times, and this happens to me a lot at work. It, well, shit, with my relationship, I end up needing to say I'm sorry. I need to apologize for something yes. that I did. And that's not that difficult for me to do anymore. And I think it has to do with the fact that I've been humbled by my disease mm-hmm. and that I've made some amends and I've become aware of the fact that I'm... You're not perfect. I'm You're not fallible. perfect and I don't need to, you know, I don't need to be perfect either. Mm-hmm. And I'm cool with it. And now I, it's really easy for me to fuck up and be like, damn it, man, I was wrong. You're like, talk- how can I make that better? Like, it, it was really fucking hard the first time. Mm-hmm. The next time it was still hard. The same, the, the difficulty level didn't change, right? It was still the same amount of hard, hard, <laughs> but it was a lot easier to do, right? So, I mean, we just get better at it. The more we do these uncomfortable things, we push our limits. That's what the growth aspect of it is for me. And that's why, that is what I get high off of today. It's like, I want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. It's exciting because I don't know what, you know, what can come of, of, of this type of, um, like self-expansion and awareness and once you can let go of some of that stuff it's like what else is there you were talking about getting stronger and uh when i was in the gym today i was uh working out and um i i got to a point where i was like i can't do anymore and i was like do two more right and and it was two more than i ever did before in my past you know and in these reps and i I did the two more like i am getting stronger you know And, and i've noticed that here lately that I, I'm pushing myself just a little further each time, and each little step turns into a big step as far as my growth and what I'm trying to accomplish. Because I've I've lost 60 pounds since April 27th. Awesome. And dude, and that's that's just to stop. I mean, that's fucking insane. That's a shit ton of weight, dude. Yeah. It, my life has totally changed. That's, yeah, Thank that's you, crazy. Man. And, and and just in and and that was like two months ago. I'd lost that much, and and now I. I've gained back 10 pounds, but it's all been muscle weight. And I'm seeing um, muscles I've never seen before in, in different places that I'm working on harder because I want to change in somewhere different to make my body look different and uh, to make it look the way I've always wanted it to look. And uh, guys are laughing at me. Yeah, it's so funny. My head told me when you said I've seen muscles I've never seen before. I thought you were talking about maybe watching some of Chase's videos. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Nah. But I, I started doing these hanging abs and um, it, it crunches and I, I love them and leg raises. Yes, and they're yeah. easy for me and yeah. I can kill them. And That's how you get the cum gutters. Yes. Uh, oh. I, uh, I, I see those. I, I'm starting to see those little cuts. And I'm yeah, like, dude. Yeah, I coughed this morning. I was like, and when I was looking in the mirror, I'm like, oh, what was that? You know, so, yeah, and it's pretty cool. I have these weird, weird abs, though. I have these, like, um, the bodybuilder growth hormone abs, but mine are, like, all natural, but it's just, it, it's out, but they're, they're there, and you can see them, in it, but it just looks weird on me, but... Um, and now I've just grown to accept that that's, this is my body and my style of it. And I can't change that, but I can mold it into something better. Um, we just did the anatomy thing on that and about those, what those six-pack muscles are. And I, I'm, I'm surprised that I, I, I think I remember it right. I think it's rectus abdominis. I think is the name of those six pack muscles. We I just did that. I think the scientific name is wonky. Wonky, wonky. wonky. Yes. Uh, fucking yeah. wonky. Yeah. So let's go back to that building that muscle, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and I heard somebody speaking of this. I think it was that Tony Robbins was talking to uh, 
Russell Brand. Russell Brand just the other day. Yeah. And he's talking about, and I'll maybe paraphrase, well, I know I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to try to be him. I ain't him. But, you know, you're working those kind of muscles, you know, but we're also at the same time what we're doing, you know, we, we te- in a way we have a spiritual muscle. We've got an authenticity muscle. We've got an integrity muscle. You know, I don't know, throw some more words out. You know, we got these other things that build our character more. Mm-hmm. And the more we exercise those muscles, mm-hmm. the more we get stronger, too. And we do right. two more reps. So it's the same like, thing. Wow. The hey. process is the same. It is. Like, it's exactly the same. The it's process that we use to get sober is the process that we use to change anything. In all of our lives. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's what I've been doing with my, my body right now. Because I've I got my mind and my spirituality right. And then it was time to work on my body part, you know. And, and I think you leave that out, you know. I mean, yeah, did it's you a, read that? You got all three of them. You got to work on all three. I think it's in the doctor's opinion. It says any part, any 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 part that leaves out the physical, mm-hmm. you know. And he's saying it a little bit yeah. different, right? But you know, you can read that as going. He worded it so you perfectly. You need to be working on this freaking vehicle you're driving around mm-hmm. too, not just mentally, uh, physically, and spiritually. I think that's something that's been left out of close to that philosophy to a point mm-hmm. that's uh, actually detrimental to the. For sure. I think that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of people getting extra that we see around in our circles is because they are working in all three, you know, the mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. All well, and going back to being able to admit that, having friends close enough to be able to admit the areas that you need to work on, I mean, that is so opposite to what our society is preaching right now. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Right. If you, if you get on social media, it's all about projecting this image that is so far from reality. I mean, the people that are on those sites saying what my life is like, I guarantee you that that's not what their life is like. We do the exact opposite. We get on a, a chat feed together and actually tell the truth. Yeah. And yeah. actually become I'm vulnerable. fucked today. Yeah. yeah, and actually say, this is what I need to work on. And, and then we get to lift people up and we get to yep. suggest... This is I, I had I had the same thing happen or I had a similar thing happen. This is what I did. We get to see things from a different point of view. And you guys tell me the truth. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I we, expect you to. We also yeah. have the added benefit of knowing how we were when we first met, which yeah. is pretty fucking broken when we all came in here oh, for yeah. sure. Well, and not, when we get to see ourselves grown and the the, the 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 whole process is what fascinates me too. Like the the how do you lose sixty pounds? You do it the same way you get sober. One fucking day at a time. One step at a time. And and like you don't, and like where's that spiritual experience happen? Does it happen when you wake up and you're like, I'm 60 pounds lighter. Did it happen then or did it happen along the way? way? It was was every single day, just like brushing your fucking teeth, right? I mean, you don't just say, I need to have healthy teeth and then brush your teeth one day and then you do it every single day. And then you realize over time that they are, in fact, healthy. But you can't stop doing that either. In order for them to stay that way, you've got to keep on doing it. Like, maintaining sobriety and recovery and health and fitness is just, it's the same process. Mm -hmm. The mind, body, spirit thing, I can't have one without the other. It's the triage. And it really doesn't matter where you're at on that either, you know. It doesn't. It's about progress, right? You know, uh, Quentin, you know, I mean, he is not fit at the moment. But the fact he's that the progress there. that he's making, it doesn't make any difference. It's the it's the, the spiritual progress. Mm-hmm. Whether if it's body, whatever it is, that progress is what counts, not so much of where you're at on the What if it's all about the journey? It's all about Yeah, it's all it's also about the acknowledgement that there is room for improvement too. Yeah. Like you it's see, it's about the ability to say I can grow here. 
yeah. get hung up on the fact that like it seems unmanageable. You right. I mean that the, the mountain seems too tall to climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 it isn't. It's not. Have you noticed Frank lately? Yeah, he's growing a lot. I, dude, every time I see Frank, he's like five pounds lighter, and he looks great. Yeah, yeah. He and, and he's growing spiritually a lot too. Yeah, he's yeah. been trying new new things and talking about a lot. And he posted it, you know, and he said, so "I am on a social media thing." And he posted a new profile pic the other day, and it's kind of like when we did our little selfie earlier. One thing going at my house, I looked at that picture and I thought, "Those dudes are all glowing, standing up a little straight, yeah, yeah. shoulders yeah, back, complexion, yeah, yeah. yeah. the whole thing. They're just glowing, you know." Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see that same. Thing mm-hmm. in people, and it's it's just really freaking cool to watch it. That no demeanor change. I've said it before too that um, the thousand mile journey starts with the first step. Right. You know, and each day that you take a step, you're closer to that thousand mile journey. Yeah, and then I'm gonna step out for a minute. Keep going. This will be the first time on Spiritual Underground podcast somebody's officially stepped out and took a leak. Oh, he's wow. got a weak bladder. Yeah, he's yeah. old. He's got two teeth. You got some depends. He'll probably wake up three times. Yeah, he's got good teeth. Let's talk a bunch of shit about yeah, him. Yeah, while he's gone. Don't be off the front porch. And there's a reason I didn't put no locks on these doors, too. I can't lock him out. Yeah, you know, each one of you guys that are here today have touched me in some way, and not in a sexual way. But, yeah, yet. But, yeah. But it's funny that we can say that today and not feel weird about that, you know. Mm-hmm. I can actually say that and not feel weird like I used to, or I don't know. It, 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 about the sexual opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm into that, but I can say that and not feel like I'm being judged. But anyway, I don't give a fuck what well, somebody else thinks about what I think anymore or, some, or feel. And somebody said, um, you know, <clears throat> I think maybe it was Dan or maybe you, Nick, that was talking about how, you know, we can show up and be honest with each other on that thread. And uh, a lot of the times, whenever I put stuff out there, some of the things that help me the most is when I just get, you know, somebody says, yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer, but it just fucking sucks. So you like your, your radar is dead on. Like you're in, you're in murky water right now and we're going to get through it together. And that right there, I mean, is just honest enough to where you can let the ego go down and not have to be a person that I'm doing air quotes that knows the answer, you know, and like shining night, white knight it and be like, well, I've got the answer. I can get you out of this. It's yeah. like, no, I would. No, much it fucking have, sucks. Yeah, it just <laughs> fucking sucks, man. Well, that, that's, really that's all I got to say about that. That's helping my marriage, too, because uh, one thing about my wife your guys' partners might be the same way, is that they don't always really want me to have the answer. They right. just want to know that they've yeah. got someone in the trench with them. Mm-hmm. And isn't that and more exciting, too, though? Like, yeah. Isn't it more exciting to, like, how boring would it be if you just had a problem and you just, like... Oh, here's that. Here's yeah, the answer. You just yeah. Have yeah. An yeah. Here you answer. go. Like, I mean, hey. don't you get tired of Googling shit? Thanks. Sometimes don't you just want to, like, figure it out yourself? Yes. And I feel like that's kind of what we do. You know, a lot of, like, how we deal with life is together we're gonna figure it out like we don't know how to fucking do this thing i mean i tell myself that every morning i'm a real alcoholic i don't know what i'm doing i need some help guide me show me the way and then like you guys magically show up in my life and look at what we're fucking doing yeah trying to figure this thing out because we don't know together answers and that to me is like that's exciting i like that part of it i like not knowing i like being able to ask the question though like what do we do how do we do this thing 
I don't know. Let's fucking figure it out. Or let's try this. We know what doesn't work, right? We we all fucking did all that there. for a long Painfully time. Painfully aware. Painfully aware of the the possibilities for some of these. But there's also this like whole other avenue of possibility. And we get to ask those questions every day. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I mean, even in sobriety, didn't know how to, I'm, I'm a very pragmatic person. You give me a problem and I want to investigate it until I can fix it. And I, I, until, until we really started engaging with each other on this thread, thread, I didn't really know how to just, just dwell in the not knowing. And it, I mean, I, I, I'll say it again, it's helped my marriage because my, my wife doesn't always, she's not always looking for an answer. And He's looking for you to listen. Yeah, and that and that's this, you the relationship with you guys has taught me how to do that because yeah, I I don't I don't feel any pressure with you guys to know the answer. I just feel not pressure, but I just feel um, inclined to to let you know that I'm there, and that's what my wife needed from me, and that's what I've learned in the past couple of years or past year is that all I got to do is make her aware that I'm right next to her. Sure. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Do you think it has anything Welcome to back. do with the fact that we sometimes are doing this thing and we don't want the, the answer? That we want to have these like born to barn these types of questions that, that don't get answered really. We just want to know that somebody's working on it with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I don't want you to know the answer. If you tell me the answer, then I don't really have I, my purpose is less than like if I don't know the answer, I can still keep looking. I can still continue to seek. And that is kind of the purpose for me. If you tell me what the answer is, I'm done. It's like yeah. the finish line. I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't to want the finish a finish line. line. Well, what's right. the first thing that you say when anybody like passes you a present? It's like, oh, what is it? But yeah. in reality, it's like, if that person were to tell me, it'd be like, what? Why the fuck did you just tell yeah. me what yeah. was in this thing? And you asked. I, my birthday's not for another five days. And you just asked the wrong question. Yeah. It's more the question is really like, why did you give this to me? Yeah. I think a big thing is we we just want to know that we were heard. Because I know I felt my whole life like nobody heard what I was trying to say. Yeah. Period. And with you guys, I feel like you hear me, you feel me, and you might have an answer and you might not. Somebody does. Sometimes and, that's my response on there. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I'm yeah. listening. Yep. So, and that's all I somebody really needs sometimes. Like, that, but that's like, a beautiful I'm response. Listening. That was yesterday on one of the comments we were talking about. And it's like, yeah, I feel you. That's about all I got for that, you know? I suck at that, too, by the way. Like, listening has been... Like, I'm aware of the fact that I'm a, a bad listener, probably, because I've, you know, we're not really, that's not really our nature to, to just listen and not have, even when I don't have the answer, I still feel like I need to have an answer. Yeah, I, I need guys. to at least be flapping yeah. my lips. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why exactly. should you be sorry? I apologize. Yeah, why am I, I why am I sorry that I don't know something? Yeah, I, I did it to a guy on our thread the other day, he's going through, you know, medical conditions with his wife, and it's, it's terrible, and I, I, I actually put on there... I'm sorry that I don't have any experience with this. What? I'm sorry that my wife's not as sick as your wife? That's weird. Yeah. But it's because I, I don't that. have that answer, and I feel like less than You need to have an have answer. answer, yeah. Yeah. Right. I get it. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, un- it's kind of uncomfortable to not yeah. have the answer. But uh, Oh, I, mean, I don't like not having an answer. Oh, no, that is not. You? Yeah, no, no, no. That's not for me, yeah. man. I need to he know. He didn't have the I, I hate not having the answer so much. Yeah, he almost drove, <laughs> almost drove an hour to get other batteries. If I don't have the answer, I'll even be inclined to like pretend like I have yeah. one. I'll, oh, make, yeah. I'll make one up. I'll fake this thing. Or I'll, I'll go, go get one. one. 
Yeah. Talking about the partners earlier, I mean, Jesus Christ, talk about my fix, manage, and control switch does not get switched on faster. Yeah. Like if Corinne comes home and she's like, oh, well, let me tell you about what happened at work. I mean, immediately flip. Well, have you thought about doing this and approaching this person doing that? And yeah, she you, just looks at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Yeah, I just no. want you to be like, that sucks. Yeah. You know, just yeah. be there and just I listen. I get that. My, my wife and I had the same kind of conversation the other night. Same thing. It's uncomfortable and it's not natural either. It's like we want to be everybody's answer. I'm your counselor and your friend and your husband and your yeah and your lover and all this shit. And it's like, no, I just want you to kind of. Oh, no, she's sick. She needs to get a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Please. Do not. Anybody do that. listening, if this ever goes out, do That's not, not the do answer? That. That's no. never the answer? Never I tell them they're spiritually you. sick. I'm with kidding. with your spouse, it's yeah, probably yeah, that's rare. I'm never going to say never. But I rarely. have definitely told my wife that she's sick before and she needs to. But you say it like, damn, girl, you're sick. Sick like. Or, uh, or you got the yeah. sniffles. You're no, sick. I, 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 you I'm definitely in anger. Said you are sick and you're crazy. Like I'm the, I'm the alcoholic. How'd that go for you? It, not well. It doesn't uh-huh. end well. You know, like the being there for you throughout what you're going through. I, it just like came to me another. You know, we are analogies anonymous. Um, mm. Yeah, no doubt. Y- you well, know, I think. You know, like I, you, I think I bet everybody here has a trip they went on that the biggest thing that sticks out is not like getting to Florida wherever you're going it's the route there it was such a, you know you drove instead of instead of got on a plane and you had like all these memorable things happen along the way that you remember like the good times with people that you had and that, sometimes I think that's what it's about with our spouses with each other is we're the not, journey not we're the not, destination yeah we're not it's not about having the answer right away it's about working through that answer together and the spiritual growth of getting there it's going to be more memorable yeah. than the solution that we finally arrive at. Man, I love that analogy. That was well well said, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife has brought that up, and it just reminded me of, like, my wife loves to travel. And I, early on in our relationship, I fucking hated driving because, one, I couldn't drink while we were I doing it. I did, too, it. yeah. And I had to sit there and, like, do this thing. Be like, all sober and shit. Be all sober be and, like, try to talk to somebody in this just like nah there's a whole I was miserable the whole fucking way and she wants to, like my wife's dream is to travel in this sprinter van all across the North America mm-hmm. today I think it's a great idea but I love that analogy of like she wants me to do something with her mm-hmm. she doesn't want me to get her to a place right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. would you move cool. me from point yeah, A will you to take point me B? here and like but I, what, up, what the, I mean, well, that was the trip what kind of thick headed asshole just, am I that I just didn't really same one that I am yeah I thought I thought she just wanted me to take her from like I Lowell thought to, when she said she wanted to do this she wanted me to just take all my money and spend it on taking her from place to place I mean that's the selfish self-centered mm-hmm. type of shit that I think she just wants me to go somewhere to with her. Yeah, she just wants to experience this life thing with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always wanted to get there. It man. took it took like you hanging out with you guys for me to realize. Metal, that. Sure, yeah, balls to the wall. <laughs> the little when the little computers came out on there that you could see just how many miles an yeah. hour you're averaging, you know, and you know, we kind of had to. Don't tell me you got to pee again. Yeah, uh, and yeah. you know, those are just the opposite of that journey. That just like what Chase is saying there. It's funny, we were going to um, uh, Alabama 
last year and and we didn't have a set time to be there or anything like that so we're like whatever happens let's just do it along the way and we came where we come down 65 and there's that dinosaur the big dinosaur that's on the mm-hmm. wall you know the side of the road and we're like well, let's stop in there and we did and we spent like a half a day there in this little dinosaur world and the kids had a blast and, and i had a blast just being there and, and not having anywhere we had to be but we were going to birmingham but we stopped along the way to do other things too mm-hmm. that's the first time i'd ever done that that was pretty cool never been able to enjoy the journey no ever still, still struggle with it still still struggle with it I know it's one of my favorite sayings lately is uh, busyness is my drug of choice in recovery yeah I get yeah that. but it's the same <laughs> it's the same aspect of the that, disease whenever you know you get to the end place now you gotta get to another one so it's that it doesn't end. I mean, unless you continue you can, to work I'm these steps, than I used to be. You know? yeah. I mean, I but you that. continue to work these steps, and all your affairs means that the journey's never over. Yep. And the same thing with this hunt trip was, I couldn't wait for this day to get here. Not exactly going hunting, but, but the lead just up was a blast too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were so, and the anticipation <laughs> was so great. And then this morning, I just woke up so juiced up, and I couldn't wait just to get to your house. Once I got to your house, I felt like I was starting my destination, you know, or my journey. You know, yeah. it was really cool. And just to ride up here with Nick and and, and bullshitting and talking the whole way. You yeah, know? I had a little remorse this morning in a way, like uh, like killing that group, killing that group chat deal you know after this weekend it's like, that crossed my mind too yeah doesn't have to be done no no it doesn't, no, 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 no this, I, this that's what i thought it. too but you know there was a little thing that come across me like well flip the switch on that yeah well that's that alcoholic thinking yeah. like, i i always it doesn't have that. to stop i always the cool like, part. was so destination focused like once i get here i'm gonna feel this way yeah that's great and then it was never never enough. felt so that way and i had to go on to another thing it was never like taking being grateful taking the moment to realize like all the cool stuff along the way i think about that when like christmas reminds me of that whole thing so i remember growing up and i would have this like all like from november until christmas day the whole lead up until the day was just this unrealistic expectation of how it was going to be and then I would be incredibly like depressed the day afterwards. It was mm-hmm. like this holiday hangover from fucking hell. Mm-hmm. And I still get that today. I still have like this natural inclination to make Christmas something that it can never be. And then I end up disappointed. But I I feel like you know today I have a I'm able to deal with that kind of shit a lot better. Like to you know I don't put unrealistic expect I don't put any expectation yeah. on anything in anything like this trip even. It's like it's gonna be what it's supposed to be. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to have fun because I choose to enjoy it. Like, I have that option today. And, I, and if it sucked, I don't even really can't. And I'm not going to wake up at the end of this thing and be hungover from be the disappointment that it just didn't, it didn't live up to my expectations because I don't really have any. That was like my prayer today. You know, I was talking about um, us hitting our target. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what we came here for, what, whether it was to kill a deer or just sit in the woods and, and, and be peaceful or, or the camaraderie, everything that we're doing here, um, just make make sure your aim is true, you know. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. It mm-hmm. came to me today when I was thinking about you all. I do draw a lot more out of the, you know, I will joke around about that, and I know that I still struggle with it, but uh, it does come easy, like, you know, wait for everybody to get there. 
Uh, it's not a real big deal. You know, and we'll get there when we get yeah, there. It's not like, oh, my God, not, where is this guy? And, you know, I don't even wear a watch anymore. It's one on my phone. But it actually helps me to not be, like, looking at the clock, wondering what time it is and when are you going to get here or whatever. I just don't worry about it. When we got down here, you know, I, I still have a little bit of a tick in the back of me that says, you know, I need to get that regulator on the, on the, on the propane tank out there. I need to, I need to, I need to, but just kind of roll through it today, you know, and, and yeah. just let it evolve and, and, and it flowed. Yeah, and there's still, but there's still, you know, I still fight a little bit of an internal deal that wants to like click things off on a pace, you know, like that metronome that first come on when I started this, you know, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. And all it was was a flick of a switch. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I see that, same, <coughs> you know, there is the growth of not. I'm not like fighting that upstream thing, you know, just let things unfold. It will all be okay. But no big deal. deal. Yeah. So what we don't, uh, you know, what, 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 what would have, I mean, and then so at the end of the day, you go, well, what would have wanted to do different today? Not a damn thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything worked out exactly right. The way it was and supposed to. And more times than not, man, it works out, like we always say, it works out better than we would have thought it would have. I can tell you, the first spurt that I ever went to, or or you've been to Mall after, uh, except for the first spring one, really? yeah. But uh, I mean, I barely saw you. I mean, I saw you, but you were like zip, 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 spurt speedy our, uh, Gonzalez. My nickname, our nickname for the little uh, men's weekend retreat we have down here at this place. We've had five of them so far. But in comparison from that year to this weekend. I mean, talk about growth yeah. of being able to I just, too. just like be in the moment. And cause I asked you when we were coming back, I said, well, where are you going to set up? And you said, I don't know where, where somebody doesn't set up. And like the Dan today yeah. to the Dan back then, I, I guarantee here. you, you would have had it <laughs> playing out in your head. Yeah, maybe. I'm going here. You're going here. You're going here. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna come out this time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's growth, bro. I see it too. I had a little home and beakings out there. You just follow your way out to it. I'll put signs on the trees. Yeah, I don't. We got piss on them. I feel a lot more comfortable today. You know, I mean, a it's a lot easier to. I mean, I don't have to do that much for you guys. Uh, I feel like during the retreats that I have a lot more to do. I don't know if that you know you would say from that first retreat to the spring. I think it was any slower in that regard. I think it has a lot to do with the ability to let go of things too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not and allow it to not have to be perfect. I mean, so it, what if a guy doesn't like control. his bed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Control issues for sure. Stuff that's uh, deep seated stuff. It's you know, I want to have a hold of the steering wheel, man. I do badly. We all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That fucking almost killed me so many times. Oh yeah. I mean. I can't but tell I really you. Do want white knuckle that too, steering you know? wheel. I want to tell you, yeah. you go here, you go there, you go there, you know. And and I did a little of that. It's so. Here comes the truth. So double sided <clears throat> though, you know. It's that it's it's that the dichotomy or the devil and the angel and stuff of that, you know. I want to like pre-plan in the past and go, okay, here's where I'm gonna put through, and here's what I'm gonna, and do all that. But then I, why? Who cares? You know, and I come back to it, and I just don't worry about it. You know, and so I, I still, my, there's still instinct kind of thing that still wants to drive that kind of stuff. Uh, so don't let it drive me the way that it used to. Mm-hmm. And that goes for everything in life, really. 
And that, that is the foundation of no big deals. Yeah. It's it's a, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to do it otherwise. I mean, for example, if you drop your cell phone and you crack the screen, I mean, they're expensive, so you don't just stomp the shit out of it just because it has a cracked screen. It's not perfect, and you just pick it up and you carry on. It doesn't have to be that way. So, like, when the microphone's not turned on, you don't just throw it in the fire. Yeah, we don't have to throw the whole <laughs> thing, smash it. And as much as you getting this to. thing set up, it probably took me 20 to 30 minutes tonight fooling around getting the microphones going, and I could get three of the four microphones going. I could not get the fourth one going. could not get the fourth one going and looked over and realized it was turned off. <laughs> we are in the woods, to be yeah. I mean, to be fair. Well, and the microphone is always lit, so, I mean, there's also <laughs> that. Yeah, I think this we'll chalk this up as systems, systems and institutions. There you go. Yeah, I'm getting uh, that's getting better at this too, you know. And, and to be in and, and in all honesty, I'm a little rusty. We've taken a break from doing it. Yeah, and started like kind of getting a good handle on it, and uh, and after not having recorded one of these in maybe over a month now, maybe a month and a half. Uh, it's been a little while. I don't know what, this is the most comfortable I've ever felt. We're getting on, better on mics. Yeah, for sure. It was, the the it was a sage. It was a sage. Yeah, yeah the sage. Sage saved me. That was nice. Yeah, it was. Everything's easier down here. Yes, sir. It's it, a uh, far go, though. It's, uh... it's the second Sorry, time I... with that one. Yeah. So I was out there thinking, you know, we talked about kids a minute ago, you know, and I had a little vision, you know, and I, I spoke to that when we got here tonight because we, when we got here, I always try to have some kind of opening deal where we uh, – allow the universe in to uh, help guide us in our weekend and and uh, and I have some visions for what I hope to see some things happen you know I mean I would like to I know there's some limitations on like well, how big I could grow this retreat and I don't really want to grow it big I think that 2025 person thing is about the right number it's big enough to be big but not big enough to be unmanageable uh, as I said, you know, I know where one of my big limitations is, is outhouses. Yes, I was going to say shitters. That's my, that's really the biggest limitation at the moment. As long as it's all dudes, though, that really doesn't make much difference because, you know, I mean, the worst comes to the worst, I could make some cat houses, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like Brian's thing that he brought, you know, the little tarpaulin outhouse thing, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, if we could do that even just to kind of expand it a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but with my back to the vision thing, you know, I would like, you know, that's just been fantastic. I mean, my my growth, my personal growth, and then of course the growth of those around me while we do it, uh, getting to have an opportunity to do that. And then this, I want to make this like another tradition For sure. that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and and although like in the hunting world part of it does get to be a little bit number limited. You know, we don't have so much. You can't like have an army of guys come yeah. out here hunting. Uh, but I had a vision a minute ago of thinking of. You know, like uh, you guys, boys down here with us when we're doing this. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Girls, kids, yep. whatever. Uh, and having where we're also down here doing that, uh, where you're not like, you're not the shooter anymore, Shane. Yeah. You're the guy. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait and to do so, that. Uh, but I get to bring my kids around people that aren't drinking or doing drugs, and I feel safe with them around them because I, I know that they'll have a filter about them as far as what they say and things like that. I have no filter. Well, yes, you do in some sort. Mm, I don't know. I thought you had one on your water bottle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're getting corners, It's getting late. <laughs> but, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, you know, being able to bring my kids out here and not have to worry about if he gets too drunk and accidentally drops his pistol. 
you right. know, things like that. Like I used to worry about it because my kids wanted to go to my old hunt camps I used to go to, and it's like, no way, I'm I've not bringing it out there. I've had a guy down here that got drunk enough, he was falling off, he was stepping off the edge of the pond and falling down the backside of the dam. Oh and, yeah, and uh, and and he was falling out of his chair out there at the fire ring, and. and we ended up like carrying him into here, and uh, and the guy has a son the same age as my boy, and and he come up to me and he said, "Mr. Reeves, what's wrong with my dad?" Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't want uh, my kids to ever say that's, that that's, about me. Oh man, that's, that kills me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to uh, be that guy either. That guy came over while you were at my house Wednesday night. That was him. Huh? That's interesting. Cool deal this guy pop these people pop in and out here and there you know and, hmm. and funny how it works I haven't seen him quite some time and Just pops back in you know, I don't ever get company at my house you know uh, Don and Drew both come over Wednesday night for separate reasons and uh, and and then you know I, I got that energy at the house of Don and Drew were staying around talking and doing things Don wanted to do a little woodworking in the shop had some things he's making had a little thing he's making and uh, needed particular tools so he came over to do that and Drew was coming over to get ready for this trip and then the doorbell rings and that guy steps in and he knew it too and there really was I mean there was like a that's cool like oh he could yeah. feel the energy yeah feel well, the energy the, it's, you know, something brought him there right yeah you know he so was that's what's the trip this is how you know um, I don't believe in accidents anymore nope no. and uh, that dude that guy has, has uh, been around we'll see what, what happens there but Dang, I'm, uh, I continue to be blown away about the things I get to do in recovery. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I don't try to understand it. I stand back and watch. Um, I get to hear people call me and tell me stories of, uh, Chase called me and told me something this week. One of the big things happened in his life and, you know, and, and it's huge and it's, but it's like normal. You know, you almost come to expect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we still celebrate them, you know. Uh, it keeps on happening uh, for lots of people in our circles, you know. But at the same, at the same time, you know, this thing is that yin and yang, man. Uh, I got real crappy stuff going on in one corner of my life, and just awesome stuff going on in the other. And I think probably everybody could probably echo a similar sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Well, regardless of where it's at, you know, I mean, there's some swirl of. Of yeah. these things that we live with, that's just the way life is. You got the, both sides of the scale. The interesting thing too about that is that the the shitty stuff it just doesn't really hurt that bad. You walk through it a whole lot easier. And the 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 beautiful stuff, it feels great, but it also doesn't take me out. You know, it doesn't take me up too high. Like yeah. Because it, it's, it's not that you, it's not that you it's not that you come to expect it, but it's just there. And if it's You're not, not pinning all your hopes on it, right? Anymore. I don't need it. It's just, yeah. if it's if it doesn't show up, I'm I'm fine. I'm good. You know, I was good before, and I'll be good after. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, yeah, great. I don't need I it. Let go. Yeah, you know, I just let go. And I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. And stuff comes to our life. I'm not okay. I mean, I'm without it. Any of the stuff, uh, you know the. You don't need. I don't need stuff today for for those promises to come true, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have anything to do with that. It's just that the, the 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 promise for me, the spiritual experience that I get, is that I am totally comfortable right now. I don't need 
any more money. I don't need any more material things. Yeah. I'm not hungry. I'm not cold. I got friends. I don't know. Just what else is there? Besides. A couple things come to mind, but I'm not going to say them on the mic. (laughs) Well, shit. I mean, we. I'm kidding. Uh, It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, we have just about laid down one hour and 50 minutes. 15? 15. 15. Wow. Almost two hours. And it is 11.30 p.m. Well, are we going to stop before two hours or are we going to hit two? Uh, Surely we got two. Nick got some more coffee. I think he's got more to say. uh, I wasn't making. I was just. This is my nightcap. I was just letting you know where we were at. We got 10 more minutes easily. What time is it? What can we talk about? It's 11.30. Ah. How about the weather? It actually got a little warmer. Did it? Went up to 29. Oh, we went outside and peed? But I don't know. uh, We could get some residual heat off the cabin as it gets warmed up. Warm up actually the outside of the cabin a little bit. I was just teasing about adding 10 more minutes. We can definitely cut it off. I hear people stall too, you know, and and, and I should, and I'll just, you know, I'll do like I usually do. I'll just fucking speak a little freely. Uh, you know, the more podcasts I listen to, the more I realize, you know, the hell they got some dead air here and there. Yeah. And you guys sit around and think, and that's one of the things I like about uh, Steve Rinella's podcast, that it's a very casual, conversational kind of thing, and it's actually hunting-based. And guys will sit around and talk, and they'll stall out after a minute, you know, and there'll be these points where they don't really say anything for a minute, and then somebody will start talking again. And then it gets fired right back I up. I could get into, like, hunting stories and stuff, but, you know, I don't want it to be... Day in the Man story hour, uh, so I can always come up. You know, you don't you don't want it to be that saying things, keeping my mouth running, really has not been a problem for yeah. me. Yeah, uh, I can talk. I I believe it. Y'all know it. <laughs> and we can also go around and do like a concluder too. That's one of the things I like about Ronella's show is that they do one final loop around the hoop for closing thoughts or anything else that comes across or if somebody wants to start a new topic I'm game I just read on the back of my coffee cup the crave is a powerful thing wow (laughs) here's your sign yeah that used to mean a lot something a lot different to me than it does today today honestly my first thing was not thinking about pain pills pain pills and the alcohol and the other things that I used to crave it, it's about the stuff we've been talking about like the craving the juice yeah cra- yeah exactly craving the juice I mean I've, I've added meditation to, to my program this year I've, I have three sponsees um, I have deeper friendships with you guys I have deeper relationship with my family and, and have, have I struggled at times this year absolutely but um the crave to get more out of my recovery, more out of my sobriety, has been powerful. So it's kind of cool to read that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I have a concluding thought, that, that would be, it. That would be yeah. it. Awesome. Crave is a powerful thing. Yeah, man. I think to add to that um, similar thing, um, <clears throat> where I work, we have a, a saying, and I work in uh, recovery, and it, we always tell our clients, you know, nobody ever retires here. Like you don't have that choice. You can't retire here. And it's either that you can go back 
or you can go backwards or you can go forward there's no sitting still and that's what I love about our, our crew our group is that it just seems like you know none of us are ready to retire and we're not we're definitely not falling backwards and we're just adding to and keep going forward and so I just I love you guys and I love our group it's uh, kind of my conclusion too is I, I love all you guys and I love watching you all grow you guys have more sobriety than me everybody in here pretty much has more sobriety than me but I love to watch you all grow and and, and be part of your growth and you be part of my growth um, I love that about the uh, about us um, and, and the connection that we have and I've never felt a connection like this before in my life hmm yeah, those connections are are powerful, and that is what I crave mm-hmm. today. Is, is the connectedness that I feel, and you know, I'm not. <clears throat> it's just strange things that happen to me about you know, the, about the time that I wake up each day until the time they go to bed. Like I get excited about all of it, uh, and that's really never happened to me before. I've never woken up and then just been excited to do daily shit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with the things that I practice every day. And I call it a practice because it's something that I always am working on. And I enjoy it. Meditation, sponsorship. And that's something that, those are two things that save my life on a regular basis. I have to do those things. But it's not that I have to do it. And that's not how I approach it. It's, it's I get to do it and I want to do it. Because of what I get out of it. You know, there's selfish reasons in it. I mean, I do it because of what I get out of it or else... Why would I? But that uh, I like that idea too of not not retiring from this because you know I don't believe that. So you know I don't think I get tired. I think if I'm tired, I'm just uninspired because I'm worn out right now. But I want to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the kind of stuff that I get out of doing this. It's just an, an inspiration to continue to to do this and be friends with you guys. It's great. But, Amen. Yeah, I get to stand out here, and I uh, at times have these overwhelming thoughts, especially down here, you know. And, and I'll do that. I'll stand. I'll, I'll catch myself. Uh, usually, I say while I'm working here, if I'll be splitting some firewood or dragging leaves out of the ditch or doing something that's not necessarily, you know, like the more pleasant things I get to do down here. Uh, but those are the times where that 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 overwhelming thought will hit me, you know, and. Uh, I'll stand. There's just something cool about looking, for to me, like looking up through the for, up through the forest at the sky, mm-hmm. and my uh, wherever my spiritual stuff lies. I really can't, you know, I can't put that in a box. I don't know what it is, but I do find myself looking upward often. Uh, if you'll ask me, you know, something will happen, and I'll we'll have one of these so-called coincidences, you know, and we'll do something. You know, my reaction is to. You know, and something really cool happens to me, you know, and I'm like, you know, something lands at my feet that I'm, uh, I gaze upward. I just do that. Uh, I stand in that wood shop and I get to make stuff. And in time, I, I have the same feeling here in the wood shop, working with the sponsee, uh, standing on a yoga mat these different places in my life where I so feel uh, that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's many different things too. You know, it's not one thing. It's not a single focused deal. 
Well, that's why when I'm working with a sponsee, I know I'm right there, right now. I'm able to engage in what is at my hands, live where my feet are at. I can do that today. Uh, if I'm on my mat, that's what I'm doing. If I'm out here, that's what I'm doing. I'm not thinking about yoga when I'm out here. I'm not thinking about out here when I'm on a yoga mat. Uh, I have a piece of presence in my mind due to this program, due to you guys. Um, let's kind of wrap up my, uh, my thoughts tonight on uh, being present out here. You know, that's a part of being out in that tree stand. Mm -hmm. A huge piece of being out there is to be able to settle in and be present with the spot that you're at. Because my my fallback is usually what's over the other hill. Mm -hmm. Or what's going you know, y'all y'all went around, you know, when I'm down here by myself mm -hmm. and I got all of them spots to be at. And plus just any place in between too, you know. Uh, the ability to be present and to be have some level of confidence in a spot that I've picked and and, and be okay with that one. It's the same kind of thing about the rest of this stuff in life, right? Of sitting in a spot, whether if it's at work, whether it's on the mat, sponsee, in a meeting, wherever I'm at, and being okay right where I'm at. Well, we have went pretty much two full hours, and I liked it. I think we'd do it again tomorrow night, hopefully. Yeah. Unless, mm -hmm. of course, we could be doing it. You know, uh, we kill something tomorrow night. That'll change the stuff. Maybe not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Could though. Uh, or through the day, but uh, looking forward to it and uh, continue to look forward to more of these podcasts. I look forward to more recording stories, building on this stuff. We have something special going on. We mm -hmm. do, no doubt about it. Uh, and and somebody else said, you know. Or if it's help, maybe this might help somebody else. Maybe. Mm -hmm. But it sure as hell's helping me. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll sign off. Thanks, Dan.